Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. Before we hop into this new PT Pearl, there are just two shoes that I want to talk to you about that are like two of my new favorite things that Vivo Barefoot has put out. They have a new Primus Light Knit Shoe that just got released last month, and it is absolutely incredible. It brings all the functionality, the ability to work out in it like the Primus Light, but has the comfort and the sleekness of the knit shoes. Jen is obsessed with anything knit from Vivo, so go check that out. And they also have this new slipper that is made in Mongolia by Mongolian female craftsmen and is actually signed by each craftsman. So you have a little piece of that and have the ability to support a community elsewhere in the world. That's one thing that we love about Vivo Barefoot. And as always, these shoes have the barefoot profile. They're going to give enough space for your feet to work how they're supposed to. You're going to be able to feel the ground. And as our podcast listener, you can get a special 15% off. If you go down to the link in the show notes, click into there. Code OPTIMAL at checkout gets you that 15% off. Even at any time you're browsing Vivo's website, just make sure you use code OPTIMAL at checkout. Get that special 15% off. They always have a 100-day risk-free trial where you can try these shoes out. And if you're not completely satisfied, you can always send them back, try a different pair. We just love them. We love everything about Vivo Barefoot, what it has brought to our feet, being able to open up our movement. So check them out and make sure you use our link and code at checkout for 15% off. We've had a code change, so make sure you use code T-O-B so that you get 15% off. That is T-O-B, like the Optimal Body Podcast. So overactive upper traps, another kind of repeat topic. Mm -hmm. So we did this one way back on episode 42, so it's been quite a while now. And I mean, really, if you want to get more into what the upper trap is, how it affects the shoulder blade, all the kind of physiology, anatomy behind things. We're going to talk about that more in that first episode. But now we really want to talk about like, why do our upper traps feel tight? Like Mm -hmm. if you always feel like your upper traps are tight, why is that? And and really what should we be doing to address this, you know, rather than what everyone says we should do, which is just stretch, (laughs) stretch them stretch the crap out of them. I know. And I think that's like the easiest thing to kind of look at. If something is feeling super tight, if something has that sensation of, I have a lot of knots in the area, or I have a lot of tension in the area, I just need to stretch it, or I just mm-hmm. need to jam into it. Like, I think those are the two things that we yeah. we think about often. And so we just want to talk about the mechanics of what the upper trap really do based on our posture, our breathing, all that kind of stuff, and then what we can really do to long-term address. Because what you'll realize is that you might stretch your upper trap, you might massage out your upper trap, and then you're going to need to keep doing it over and over and over and over again. It's going to feel the same way pretty quickly after that. Because again, you might say, oh, well, when I stretch or when I foam roll or when I you know, use a massage ball and, you know, get into that upper trap. Like it feels good right Mm -hmm. afterwards. And yeah, like we would probably expect that because, you know, we've done episodes on all of these different techniques or these different tools. And the main thing that they do is they give us 24 to 48 hours or so of reduced pain response. And sometimes, especially if we are hitting a really constant and chronic issue, it might even be less than that. Mm -hmm. It might be we wake up the next morning and we feel the same thing or we get back to work 
and we start feeling the same thing. And that's really what we want to hammer away at is people's consistent behaviors. Because mm-hmm. again, like, okay, you can stretch or you can do a foam roll or a tool or whatever it is that makes you feel better. But why is that trap tight in the first place? What's that right. root cause? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we like really talking into root causes because if all we're going to do is use these tools that give us temporary relief, we're never going to get to the reason that it's feeling that way in the first place. Exactly. Like that's all ultimately the message here. It's like you can stretch, you can do those other things, but that we want to take you back into long-term relief. So we have to look at some of, you know, the basics as to what could potentially be causing you to feel this tension and tightness. And I think one of the first areas that we can go to, and you could probably even assume is our posture on a day-to-day basis, our static, not moving, continuously coming back into this Mm -hmm. forward head, rounded shoulders, looking at a screen posture. If we're continuously stuck in that pattern for hours on end (laughs) and not doing anything differently, well, what we end up seeing is that rather than having these up and tight upper traps, sometimes they're elongated and they're already long and stretched. But what we're doing is we're creating tension to hold that head up to look at a screen. And so we're actually putting tension in a lengthened muscle. And so it doesn't always then make sense to then say, oh, let me just stretch that lengthened muscle. Well, and also when we're in that forward head posture, I think we have to realize too, like our traps don't play a role alone in holding that head up. We also have like our little suboccipital muscles that are up into that neck area. We have our neck muscles. You know, we have other muscles that help contribute to that tension buildup that we Mm -hmm. might feel in the back of the neck. So that that stretch that we might feel initially, again, might feel good in in the short term because it gets us to change that posture and do something different. But if we're continuously going back into this static forward posture, we're continuing to put pressure on these upper traps in an elongated position. So it doesn't make much sense to then stretch them. Yeah, all those muscles in the back. And again, we just like, we'll point at the upper traps and say like, these mm-hmm. are the issue when in reality, we've got all those other muscles that you listed off that are going to be players when they're constantly trying to work and, and we're just not going to have that balance. So really what our focus should be on is one, Jen and I say all the time, the next position's the best position. If you find yourself or if for work, you are needing to be at a computer, on your phone, sitting for a lot of the day, um, how can we create a dynamic environment so that we're continually reminding ourselves to sit a little differently, adjust the way we sit, you know, kind of reach our arms overhead, extend in our back and get back to work. What are going to be those cues that are going to help, you know, help us move throughout the day and have a more balanced, dynamic posture? Mm -hmm. Because know if you sit with your head forward one time for five minutes, like that's not going to cause this. It's like the extended amount of time days in and days out um, that we are keeping our body in certain postures and how do we move dynamically through them so we have a maximum of 10, 15, 20 minutes where we're sitting in one position. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be the most ideal, right? And I know that's no. hard to say if you have a busy day at work or you're stuck or you're engulfed in whatever you're doing, but it's just even the smallest tweaks 
adding little things in throughout the yeah. day, even if it's after an hour, like if it's better than you going four hours, you know, like that's better. So anything that you can start to do that starts to make little improvements in, in changing your posture, doing something different, like that's going to be key. And then we also have to look at, okay, how much stress are we adding into our day? Because a lot of tension buildup is due to that, that stress response that we have within our body. I mean, if we think about it, if someone scares us, we go, <gasps> and our ears, you know, our shoulders come up to our ears and we kind of get tense and tight within our body overall. Well, if I'm constantly driving into this stress response, I have to do all these things at home and then I have to go to work and I have to get all these things and I have a long to-do list and I have the things and things and things that are just kind of building up yeah. in my in my mind. You know, it, it elicits kind of this fight flight stress response, which might increase those shoulders coming up to those ears and increase that tension overall in the body, not just your upper traps, but overall. Mm -hmm. And so we have to pay attention to our stress management throughout the day. And again, this can be a hard thing, right? If we always have a lot of responsibilities, we have a lot of stuff, becoming aware of it and how we're talking about those responsibilities is really huge in stress management. So we're we're dropping that tension, not only again from our upper traps, but anywhere throughout our body. Yeah, and the stress and the breath play such a you know intertwined role together that if we're living in more of a stress place, we're likely breathing mm -hmm. in and out of our mouth more, especially if we have kind of that forward head posture, we're probably using more of the accessory muscles up around our chest and our neck to mm -hmm. breathe rather than breathing with our low, you know, actually breathing with the diaphragm, breathing, you know, ex with expansion through the rib cage. And so that's another thing that we really want to bring ourselves back around to is how do we start to breathe with this more supportive low breath to just automatically through the way that we're breathing start to mm -hmm. reduce the amount of stress and stress signals that our brain is putting out, put ourselves in more of that parasympathetic system where we can think a little bit more clearly, where we're not just in that stressful system, always feel like, feeling like we're reacting to the world around us. Mm -hmm put ourselves in a little bit more control, you know, naturally allow us to just drop some of that tension away from the neck and the shoulders that we may be holding naturally in our stressed environment, but the way that we breathe can really impact that. I mean, take a deep breath right now. If you're listening, take a deep breath in and out through your nose. And where, what do you notice? Do your shoulders rise? Do you put pressure into your chest? Um, or do your shoulders kind of stay in place and you can breathe from your from your low rib cage, not belly, but like low rib cage area and your shoulders mm -hmm. don't elevate. That's what we're really looking for. If you take a deep breath and your, your natural tendency, like don't fight this here, don't, you know, try to play along, just, just do whatever your natural tendency is. If your natural tendency is to make that neck get really tense, especially doing this in front of a mirror is really good and those shoulders kind of rise, well, then we know that you probably are more prone to be in that sympathetic kind of stress system. So automatically you can see if my shoulders are rising when I'm taking a deep breath in, I'm utilizing some of my upper traps then. And that could be a reason why I'm staying in that that state of tension and pain and feeling like they're always taking over, right? So just starting to bring awareness to that and then we'll work, we'll talk through more of what you can do. And I think overall too, we focus too much on, I need a stretch, I need the stretches that are gonna be good for my neck and we don't focus enough on the strength aspect. So I think a lot of reasons why people might feel this tight overactive upper trap is that we're actually not strong through our 
our scapular muscles overall, and our upper body strength all together, which includes our upper traps. Yeah, because we need like using our upper trap is integral for getting our shoulder blade to work well, to reach overhead. It helps our shoulder blades do this thing called upward rotation, where they kind of rotate out to the sides as our arms go overhead. It's the shoulder blade that works with the serratus anterior, which are kind of the muscles out on our ribs here that actually lie underneath the shoulder blade and works with the lower trap to do that upward rotation. And there are a lot of people that struggle with this because Mm -hmm. we don't have that patterning ingrained very well, which is, you know, so working on strengthening in, in these types of patterns and really strengthening all the muscles around the shoulder blade, which there's so many great ones that we can do a lot that you can do laying on your stomach um, that are great to start strengthening a lot of these scapular stabilizers. Yeah. And so if we want to start to talk long-term relief, then, you know, those are kind of like some of those issues that we might be leading to why we're having some tight upper traps. So what can we start to do, you know, and I think um, rather than going to stretching right away, let's go to starting to open up the rib cage and that Mm -hmm. upper back mobility is going to be huge because if I can, if usually we're in this like slumped rounded posture, we're stressed throughout the day, we're, you know, but if I can start to get this upper back to kind of move a little bit better, if I can start to get this rib cage to expand a little bit better, well, then I normally and naturally will start to have that breath response into the sides of my rib cage and sit up a little bit more naturally without forcing it or turning muscles on just because I have more of that natural mobility to do so now. Yeah. And so what would you say are some good exercises to work on that? So I, I mean, some of them that we've done in the past so many times for breath work and all that kind of stuff we've shown kind of taking like a band or a towel or a scarf or something and wrapping it around your low rib cage for mm-hmm. good feedback and then doing things like cat cow, um, doing things like um, where we're in like a low child's pose position and then you take one elbow and you rotate it up to the ceiling and so mm-hmm. we're getting kind of that rotation in that upper back, but the breath awareness is still in that low rib cage area. Because if we can start to expand that rib cage and move and mobilize that upper back, well, then again, we start to come into a naturally more upright position without forcing it. And that's really what we want to do. And I think a great way to work on rib cage mobility or getting our rib cage to expand and mobilize in, in different ranges is during a lot of those exercises, even if it's an open book, like when you're in the closed portion of the open book, take a deep breath, right? Mm-hmm. And try breathing into the back of the rib cage. And then when you're in the open portion of the open book, take a deep breath again. And you're going to feel kind of different tugs and pulls at your on your rib cage, depending on what position you're in, especially like in that child's pose one. When you're kind of fully down in the child's pose, take a nice deep breath. And then when you open up to get that thoracic um, rotation, take a nice deep breath again. And that's going to really help you start to find that expansion through that ribcage in different positions. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, scapular strength. There's so many things that we can start to do mm-hmm. to work on scapular strength. Um, again, I was, I was mentioning earlier, if you get prone, and there's tons of things we can do where even just working on... So prone meaning... Prone, on, laying on your stomach <laughs> yeah. and arms extended above your head, Right. Even getting in that position can be tough for some people. That just could be really tough. Yeah. Mobility-wise, 
Um, but again, if that feels comfortable to get into and then just trying to ever so slightly lift your hands off, like if your thumbs are pointing towards the ceiling, lift your hands off, that's really going to be great at activating the lower trap, which is something that a lot of people will ignore. Um, but leading and always when you're doing, especially prone exercises, feeling like you're leading with the shoulder blade, with the movement. So you're not compensating just to get the hands off the ground. But even if you feel like you're going to slightly pinch those shoulder blades in towards each other and you know use some shoulder blade depression so you're almost trying to like pinch them down and towards each other a little bit even if the hands aren't going to come off the ground like that's okay it's a great place to start mm -hmm. yeah i mean an, an easy place to start with that too is even by with your arms by your side so without having to have the full shoulder range of motion, just starting to gain that awareness of those mid traps, of those low yeah. traps, and then having those arms out to the side and then having the arms out. And then, you know, if we're talking about adding in serratus anterior work, so your serratus connects from underneath your shoulder blade and wraps around your rib cage. So that's going to be our punching muscle. So anything that we're doing that we're reaching forward, trying not to overutilize our chest, but really reaching that bottom edge of the shoulder blade. That's what mm -hmm. I like to talk about. That bottom edge of the shoulder blade is coming toward that, that armpit area. That's going to be that muscle that kind of turns on so and is necessary for that upward rotation. So anything we do, we can even, one of my favorite ones is a wall plank. So you're standing like a foot away from the wall and you press those elbows into the wall and then you try to get your hips away from the wall. So you're not bending your knees toward the wall. Your knees kind of stay in line with your with your ankles and this is really hard to get the elbows forward but the hips back you know that's kind of a, a hard position for people but if we yeah. just start to breathe in that position one we get that rib cage accessibility to kind of start to move and open we get that serratus anterior to kind of push into the wall and so we get this good shoulder blade movement and the other thing that happens when we're arm is kind of lifted and we're pressing forward and getting that upward rotation, we are getting some upper trap work as well. And I think, you know, knowing that we don't need to fear working your upper trap, we don't need mm -hmm. to fear um, feeling the upper trap work either. It is mm -hmm. going to work if I'm doing anything where I'm starting to lift my arm overhead, it's going to kick on. But we have to make sure that you know, if you're feeling it overactive and it's dominating the movement, well, then maybe we need to strengthen a little bit more in the low traps like Dom was demonstrating or in the serratus anterior with like the wall plank. Yeah. And then, you know, another dynamic one that we love going to is you can sit on the floor actually up against the wall and do something like a wall angel where mm -hmm. super that's tough. <laughs> another super tough one, but it's just going to show you, you know, just how much your shoulder blades and and a lot of those stabilizing muscles through your shoulder blades and arms need to work to effectively get those arms overhead. Mm -hmm. And so after, you know, doing a little bit of work on just learning more about these shoulder blades and activating them, sit against the wall and try to get into that wall angel position with elbows and wrists as close to the wall as you can and then try and just kind of lightly angel them up like you're making a snow angel um, as if you're going to touch your fingers above your head. But again, you don't need to go that far. Just go as far as you feel comfortable initially. And that's going to help you work on that upward rotation using the serratus anterior, upper trap, lower trap that we've already worked on getting activated and also doing it in more of like that upright position rather than 
slouched rounded, forward. Yeah, so you're, that really challenges your upper back mobility as well, which is great. Um, and we do a lot, like all of these, if you're having any kind of upper trap issues, we either have a program called the neck and upper back plan in Gen Health or the shoulder plan. Both of these plans will incorporate a lot of the exercises yeah. that we're talking about. And we start from the very basics, understanding our breath with movement, understanding activation, what it's supposed to feel like, and then we progress it as the month or as the weeks go on. So I highly, highly recommend getting into Gen Health and just starting that. If you're mm -hmm. so unfamiliar, like even if you see these exercises on YouTube and you're still like, I don't know why they're doing it. I don't know what it's supposed to do. I don't feel anything different. I only yeah. feel my upper traps. If that's the case, Come learn because we really cue it and talk you through it in a lot more detail in those plans and programs. And if you haven't tried Gen Health yet, there's so many different plans. So I just, I, you know, I just want you to feel more comfortable and guided within your body. And it's easy to talk about these exercises. It's another yeah. thing to really feel them. For sure. And I kind of get confused trying to explain them sometimes, knowing yeah. that there's a lot of people just listening. So I can't exactly. imagine what it's like to just try and listen to what it means to do a wall plank and think yes. about trying to do it yourself. <laughs> so yeah, first off, if you are wondering, you know, what these look like a little bit more, try and head over to YouTube. And there's always a YouTube highlight that goes along with these PT pearls. And then you might be able to see a little bit more so what we're trying to describe. Um, but the final thing that we want to talk about, if there's anything you're going to stretch, yeah. stretch in a way that's going to open you up, open you up from that position that you're likely sitting in more often than not throughout the day. So how do we open up the chest? How do we open up those lats? Because we tend to be in this forward, more shoulders rounded, more internally rotated at our shoulders position where we're kind of internally rotated at those arms. So how can we open up and get to some sort of wall stretch or mm -hmm. in a child's pose kind of getting into that lateral child's pose where we're going to feel a stretch nice and good under our armpits. Yes. Yeah, so stretch your chest, stretch your around your arms, you know, and mm -hmm. your shoulders. That's going to be, that's going to open you up. So naturally that neck kind of sits more on top of your body and you're not forcing it. You're not stretching the neck. You're not doing anything crazy. And I know like, so again, going back, like in the neck and upper back plan, I do have some neck stretches because I like to appease people. I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> but reality is that those are going to be the feel good things. They the heavy hitters are going to be these exercises that we're really talking about and and creating that true long-term change that changes our, our function of our body and our posture as we're not even thinking about it. And the next stretch done well isn't a bad thing. No, like it's, it's not. It's going to help us feel more tension through that muscle in a way that's supportive, in a way that might mm -hmm. reduce symptoms temporarily. But a lot of the things that we talked about between getting more mobility in your rib cage and your thoracic mobility, building strength and stability around mm -hmm. all of your scapular muscles, opening up that chest, focusing a little bit more on your breath. Like these are those foundational root cause things that you actually might want to start looking into if you want to start addressing why your upper traps are always feeling tight, tense, or overworked. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. We really appreciate you being here. And of course, please pass these episodes along to anyone you know who could benefit from it. And if you really are interested in, okay, I'm ready to commit, it only takes 
five to 15 minutes a day to try out these Gen Health plans, whether it's the shoulder plan or the neck and upper back plan, to really start to understand what we're saying here, how it can fill in your body, and have a plan and a day-to-day guide so that you can show up and just start to do something different and feel something different within your body. So we're gonna have that free week linked up below. So please check out the show notes for that. And hopefully we'll see you back on another episode.